You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Hey, come on. You can't just (laughs) go right over all the music like that. It sets the stage. I I can't hop up and dance, so I have to do a little... Okay. I have to sing. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I do have to uh, give a shout out, too, because somebody has jumped on iTunes and left us a review, which we love hearing from our, our listeners because our listeners rock. And... Just a chance to get feedback from them, both the good and the bad, because that helps us be better in our show. Um, but we have somebody that is working in an oil and gas field and listens to several episodes a day and loves Love the wealth of information that they're getting. And, hey, I got to give a shout out to the oil fields. I mean, that, that's awesome that that we you take us to work with you. And, yeah. And then, and thanks. And then and hopefully thanks for- heat things up at home. And thanks for keeping us rolling with all that you do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, wow, if, if all those workers strike, we'd be up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing from people who discover Sexy Marriage Radio and then binge on it. Yep. Yep. Just listen to episode after episode and can't because, get enough. Because there's a ton of stuff that we've that we've covered in this yeah, show. Yeah, there is. And, and there's more to come. That's the beauty of it is that we can take topics and go deeper or go left or go right in ways that we and, haven't and, gone before. And, and none of these are intended puns, but exactly. man, you're just tossing them out one after hey, another. But see, that's the beauty of, of just talking about marriage and sex is all of it can be puns. I mean, because everything yes. can be a sexual innuendo, can it? I mean, you can just, all you have to do is add, that's what she said, to everything. <laughs> and and it, and it works and it's funny and it, you know, so, but anyway, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. This isn't the comedy channel, although sometimes we like to think it is. And we love we that, you, that you that you took some time out of your day to join us. Uh, we would love to hear from you and whatever you have going on or questions that you have, because we do get a lot of emails and we love hearing from our listeners. And those are future shows, lots of times. Mm-hmm. And so you can send those emails to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and leave us any kind of review or comment that helps us climb the charts and expand our reach. And the message that we have that married sex is the hottest place for sex to be going on. And so that leads right into the show for today, I'm thinking, is we have alluded to several times, Shannon, in the past about the idea of what can get in the way of your sex life and what what can kind of cause um, hurdles and obstacles. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, let's go deeper and let's let's put on graphic. Not it's not graphic designers. It's interior decorating. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been in web world for a little bit this morning. How about, um, how about graphic interior decorating? Oh, that would work too. But <laughs> l- let's just talk about how. What is it the, if if you talk about the physical space where sex is most likely going to happen? What can make that the most optimum environment? Well, before we dive into specifics, can we kind of back up and take an aerial view for a moment? What I find so fascinating is the psychology of architecture and interior design, of how a a space makes you feel. Like, I honestly think that if I didn't do this for a living, I would have been an interior designer because I love transforming a room or a house or whatever into something that when you walk in, it evokes a certain feeling okay. and it's up to you to decide what you want that feeling to be. Like we, we actually 
several years ago, we remodeled an old log cabin and we turned it from a 1400 square foot, you know, weekend cabin in the woods to a 4,000 foot, uh, to a 4,500 square foot dream home. Okay. And the, the interior designer who worked with me, she asked me, she said, now, what do you want the two words to be that you feel when you walk into this home? And I said, well, we, you know, we have to kind of stick with the log cabin type of feel or else it's going to feel like a totally separate house, but I want it to be rustic elegance this time. I want it to have, okay. you know, a little bit of a feminine flair. And so everything that we bought for that house had to fit the description of rustic elegance. Yep. And the, the finished package was amazing. And I remember her asking me, D is rustic elegance what you want for your bedroom? And I said, no, I, I want it to feel the two words that I would pick for that would be sexual oasis. Okay. That I want to walk into my bedroom and know that the only purpose that this room serves is sex and sleep. That's perfect. Yeah. So think about how your bedroom makes you feel mm -hmm. when you walk into it now. But also does it make think you feel sexy? How does it make you feel on the way to it as well? Because, yeah, the, because the long walk down the hall. Well, it, I don't know. I mean, because it could depend on where your location of the of the bedroom is that perhaps you have to pass a ton of clutter to get to o the oasis. So you're already then predisposed to a little more anxiety or distraction because you have to walk. So, I mean, this, if, if you're going aerial view, I, I do agree. Let's get it narrowed down at the end of this, towards the end of the show on, okay, let's just talk about the bedroom. But I'm thinking the whole house applies as well, especially wherever you spend a majority of your time and then the route to your room. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. So what, what kind of suggestions do you have, Corey? You were the actually, people would assume that I would be the one to suggest this topic today, but this is actually your idea. Yes. What, it's, what inspired it? What, what made you decide that, hey, we need to, you, you'd mentioned that we'd kind of touched on it in various shows, but we've never really focused undivided attention on the topic. So uh, why today? Well, I'm just thinking that lots of times, if you look at the holidays and how um, there's, there's just a different feel to things when decorations come out you know one of the things my kids love to do is whenever we get home or wake up in the morning whoever they race to who can turn on the christmas lights first on mm -hmm. the tree mm -hmm. or they you know hey i get to do the lights you know so that's a it's a it's a they enjoy it and it kind of adds a just a different spirit to the house rather than the long, you know, oh, wow, what a day. Let's put everything away. Hey, you didn't pick that up. You know, the normal routine of, of coming home with little kids. And so I'm just thinking, all right, this is the time of year where everybody kind of has a different feeling. And not, not all of them are good because sometimes the holidays invoke a lot of stress. Yeah. And a lot of pain and a lot of grief, even if there's death and, and loss associated with this time of the season. But it just makes me think of, okay, our environment matters. And if we are trying to be proponents of married sex being the absolute hotbed for sex, well, then let's talk about the environment where that takes place. And so I'm, for me personally, what helps me is I like, I'm clutter free. I am minimalist. And I mean, my wife and I fight over how much stuff is in the house on the walls, you know, cause we had a time several years ago where we were putting the house on the market. And so you have to stage it, you know, so that means you, yeah. you get rid of a whole bunch of stuff 
So yeah, taking all like, your personal family right. photos. So it doesn't yeah. look like you live in the house. It just looks like <laughs> a show house in a sense. Right, right. And when we did that, it, nothing else came back in when we decided not to sell. <laughs> so we put a couple of pictures back up, but that's it. And the walls are pretty, you know, there's only one or two pictures in, in a room. And I mean, it's very minimal. And I love that. I love just the the feeling of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree that less is more when it comes to what's on your walls right. and what's in your room. I think that a lot of times women especially feel as if they have some sort of obligation to put every single school picture on the wall, every single family picture on the wall. Like we we're kind of dubbed the family historian. So we feel as if we have to <laughs> capture it all, but you know, you can capture it all in a photo album. You don't have to capture it all on your walls of your home. Hey, even better though, Shannon, you can go for very little money and buy a really good scanner and capture it all digitally. That's true. And keep that is, it all forever digitally. That is true. Yeah, my daughter actually said recently, she's 22, and she said she was looking at my chest, in not my not my physical chest. <laughs> she was like, wow. <laughs> all right. She was, looking, she was looking at the big antique yes. chest that I have in the living room. Uh, we use it for extra seating, but inside are all the photo albums throughout the years. I mean, it's yep. heavy. It's packed. Yep. And she looked at it, and she said, it's really weird to think that you are the last generation that will have that. She said, I will never have that for my family. Yeah, that's In other true. words, it'll all be digital yep, for them. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we, we digress. Uh, I will say, though, I'm about to uh, take my own advice. I have a bunch of family collages in the hallway on the way to my bedroom. Okay. And I have noticed that when I pass by them, I get kind of distracted. I, I want to kind of stand there and look at several and all that kind of stuff and but then I think nobody ever does that in my home. Like if they're visiting, they're not going to sit there and look at every individual picture. And so I think I'm just going to replace what's in the frame with just like, I'm going to do what you suggested. I'm going to go to a place and just blow up one of my favorite yep. pictures of each of the kids and just have that. Yep. Uh, Cause we have a picture like that in our bathroom. And, and I love that. I've been thinking about doing that in my bedroom too. I thought, why don't I take my favorite picture from my wedding or my favorite picture from one of our trips and just have th- th- just a great big canvas of that yep. made. And that's the only thing hanging on the wall. And that's, that goes back to how you started this one. So what are the two words you want portrayed or, you know, that will capture when you walk in that house or when you walk in that room or when you go down that hall. I mean, I, that would, I think that's a great way to frame this whole thing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and choose your pictures that you do hang based on how those memories made you feel. Like recently I read a Facebook post about how this person got rid of so many things because she refused to let her house be a mausoleum to grief. So any picture mm-hmm. where she remembered the backstory of, oh yeah, right before that picture was taken, we were fighting about da da da. She just got rid of that picture. She just didn't want to remember those negative memories. So if there's okay. anything in your house and especially in your bedroom that reminds you of, of, of a tiff or a bad season of your marriage, why hold on to that? Yep. You don't have to hold on to everything. You can't take it with you. Yep, and unless you've got to the point where you can reframe that in the sense of, I remember when we were there and look at where we are now, how great that is, or who I a am spiritual now. Marker, right? Yeah, that, that is that because that that is one of those. It's good to remember those things. It's just not good to relive those things over but, and over and over. But, but that is so what pictures allow you to do in a good way or a bad way. So up to you. Okay. So minimal things on the walls that we've, we've established that don't, don't make your bedroom be the place where you hang 
all kinds of stuff that's just a distraction. It's just right. too much. Right. Less less is more. Right. One of my pet peeves is when someone tries to make their bedroom the laundry folding zone. Yep. Or or the lack of laundry folding zone. <laughs> it's where the whole bedroom and the corners and the floor are the hamper also. It, 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 I had a friend, bless her heart. I mean, she was just very organizationally challenged. And when she went into the hospital to have a baby, I decided I'm going to take her house by storm. And it took me and another friend two days to turn that house around. But her bedroom was her laundry zone. There okay. was so much laundry everywhere. It took us, we we washed and dried and folded so many loads. And I remember thinking, how in the world did you have time to get pregnant with that child you're delivering right now? Because surely you weren't making love in all this laundry mess. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing that takes wind out of yourselves faster than walking into a room and seeing a bunch of laundry that needs to be folded. Right. So why would you do that right. to yourself? Yeah, so Unless you're going to fold it right then and there and put it away. Yeah, and so that makes it to where, because obviously the, the bedroom can be a convenient place for that because it's it, where maybe that's where mo some of it's going anyway. Yeah, but, or the big bed, yeah, that makes it easy yeah, to fold. But, but I would say where where can you put it so that it won't stay for a couple of days? Because that's the issue we have is, you know, we'll fold it in the living room, but then it sits on the couch for a while before it's actually put away <laughs> and the kids knock it over and then it has to all be refolded right. again. And so and I'm thinking, trying to use my own advice here of, okay, where could I actually do that task that would encourage me to actually get it done too. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. So I sit down and I fold them all and I put them all away and, and the kids put theirs away. And, and, and I, I mean, I think that's what, that's just good thoughts for everybody on, okay, how can we do, cause he's one of the life tasks that just does get in the way. It's a distraction. But if yeah. you can remove it from your room, that helps. The same thing applies to paying bills, doing work, that kind of stuff. Yes, it that was going to be the next thing on my list. It doesn't need to be in your room. It exactly. It, well, I was going to toss in there, one of the best places I have found to fold my laundry is my kitchen island or kitchen counter. Right. That's what if I was thinking. Clean. I was thinking dining room table, um, kitchen table, because that means yeah. if you're going to eat, you got to get it out of there. <laughs> so There you go. So you got to get go. it done. But yeah, having a desk in your bedroom, bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. Our, our first house, that's how it was. I mean, it was just a small house. And yeah. my husband's roll top desk was in the bedroom. And I just remember so often laying there on the bed, waiting for him to come to bed. But he's sitting there, you know, doing checkbooks and doing yeah. computer and all. And I'm just like, really? Really? Yeah. So yeah, it, it just doesn't need to be there. It's going to beckon you to take care of business and I'm not, not the good kind of business, not the kind of business you should be taking care of in the bedroom. Exactly. That's what she said. So <laughs> see, there we go again. All of it can be innuendos. Um, yeah. But it is one of those that it's like you mentioned just a little bit ago that the whole, the whole goal I'm thinking is your bedroom is, is reserved for two purposes and that's it. It's sex and sleep. So what helps create those that kind of environment? Well, and, and I also want to add in a third purpose for married couples who have young children. Sometimes the master bedroom is the place where we go to have a private conversation. Yeah. And so sometimes making that a no kid zone is perfectly okay to make a rule of, you know what, right now you're, you're not welcome in here. <laughs> exactly. Go, go to your room. That's why your room has a door. <coughs> so close it. Sometimes and teach yeah. them, teach them, and, hey, and, it's okay to knock, but don't just come walking right in. 
Right. And feel free to put a lock on that door if there isn't one, because you deserve a place where you can have some privacy. And once your kids you know, are definitely old enough to understand that concept, make sure that they, you know, that they respect that. Um, <laughs> my, my son actually um, confessed that at once upon a time he had walked in and we were you know, busy going at it. And he, he, he hasn't made that mistake since then. Okay. Uh, so, you know, even if they do discover something that they weren't intended to discover, the reality is, is it teaches them a lesson that they never forget that you <laughs> knock before you walk in the room. <laughs> and sometimes experience is the absolute best teacher. Exactly. And I asked him, I was like, what did you see? He said, oh, don't worry. I didn't see anything except dad's big hairy butt. Okay. Well, <laughs> so there like, you go. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, no work, no kids, no laundry, no clutter. And we've mentioned it just recently on show, no cell phone and computer. Yeah. That just, the technology is just too, too much of a distraction. Anything that you would be tempted to turn your face toward yeah. instead of toward your spouse doesn't belong in your bedroom. Yeah. So let me ask you this. This is a quick detour because we've had an email about this. And I know we've had other people that have inquired or I know there's other people that have this same issue. This this leads into the idea of, okay, what about a, I have a spouse, let's say, that goes to bed with a phone or an iPad all the time. And so that immediately puts up the barrier of, hey, there's nothing else going on here because they're going to be sitting there scrolling through or playing a game or doing whatever when maybe I was wanting to make a move, but yet I can't because there's, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're putting up the signal of not interested. Right. Um, and not meaning to, well, not having maybe, a clue. Maybe. <laughs> or, well, that's true. It, it can be. Maybe yeah, they know exactly what they're doing and, and that's a different story, but it's still the same result of, okay, we, you have to confront that. And so I'm thinking there, you could have that benefit of, all right, you could have times where you're going to have a game back there because you just you're wound up and you need to get some sleep, and so playing something helps you kind of relax. But don't I mean, don't come to bed with it. Play. Yeah, don't there but don't come to bed with it right away. You know, have it off to the side. Come to bed together and with, play a game that will help you both relax. Possibly, exactly, and <laughs> but also just have the opportunity to sit and talk or lay beside each other and talk or. Do something different. And then as you kind of get the idea of, okay, wait, this is just going to be sleep. You know, hey, that all right, I'm going to play a game because I'm that helps me get to sleep. Or I'm going to read. That helps me get to sleep. And so it's just give yourself the windows to have the opportunity to, for something else to happen. And don't miss the opportunity for physical touch. It is so important that you not just touch your spouse in bed when you're interested in sex. Right. That you also touch them just to have skin to skin contact, just yep. to create the oxytocin flowing, offer to scratch their back or, you know, rub their shoulders or just spoon, yep. you know, just, just hold each other. And of course the men are going, well, I can't hold my wife without something popping up. You know what? Put a pillow between your legs. <laughs> if, if you really want to send your wife the message that this isn't just about sex, but you, you know that that, you know, turkey thermometer is going to pop up telling you that you're getting hot, then do something to buffer that so that you really are sending her the message. It's not always just about sex. And then ladies, if the turkey thermometer does pop up and pokes you in the rear end, take that as a compliment. Come exactly. on. You you don't want the opposite happening if he can't get it up because he doesn't find you attractive. Right. So just if you don't want to have sex, if you really just want it to be about the cuddling, about the caressing, about the touch and the talk and all that kind of stuff, then just ignore it. It's okay. Yep. It, it it doesn't have to be bowed down and catered to every time it pops up. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I, I would say you don't have, you don't need a pillow to a buffer. It just realize, Hey, I can have an erection that doesn't end in ejaculation. That's okay. There you go. There you, know, you go. I can that- still, I can still hang out with my wife and she's turning me on, but okay. That doesn't mean I have to follow that. I can still just be with her. Right. There are lots of times in your life where you just have to kind of ignore that and think about Prince Fielder or you know, somebody, something that <laughs> kind of makes you dejaculate instead of <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word, but moving right along. <laughs> well, if you watch Saturday Night Live, yeah. you would know that it's uh, a word. Uh, well, and, then. And, and now all the people are out there judging me because I'm a Christian that watches Saturday no, Night Live. No, no, no. Crucify me. I have a good friend that he says, hey, do you understand what the word means when I use it? Yep. Well, then it's a word. So there you go. There you go. So um, this leads hey, to the I'll, decorations. What do you put? What? Well, be- before we oh. go to decorations, okay. I do want to touch on one more technology issue go. in the bed. And I know that it's going to come as a surprise to people, but we have a TV in our bedroom. But I think that the rule of no TV in the bedroom, it's going to kill your sex life. That's not always the case. It's, 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 so I think that you have to do what works for you because here's our situation. My husband is six foot seven. He is not comfortable in front of a television just sitting on a regular couch or in a regular chair for any long length of time. Not even a lazy boy recliner holds the entirety of my husband's height. Okay. So really the only place where he is comfortable watching a one-hour show is laying on the bed. But we we couldn't have a big TV in our bedroom because of the way that our house is laid out. So we just changed bedrooms. When our son moved out into the garage apartment, uh, we took over his room, totally redid it. That's just been in the past six months. And we put in a huge armoire, cut out a shelf, put in a big screen TV. And now we will lay together to watch our three or four favorite shows a week. That's we really three or four hours of TV is all we watch all week long. We, we, we're very intentional. We set our TiVo. We capture our shows. We don't just sit there and surf and watch whatever's coming on next for hours and hours at a time until we fall asleep. So we're very intentional. And we, we lie close to each other as we're watching. Or I might put my head on his chest. Or, you know, there's skin to skin mm-hmm. while we're watching. And then by the time the show goes off, we're, we're kind of warmed up to each other. It doesn't feel so awkward to right. reach out and get skin to skin. Right. So I would say that if a TV in the bedroom can work for you, then don't feel the need to cater to the rule of you should never have one. Right. And that's I, that whole advice comes from just the statistics. I mean, that's that's where it comes from, is those that do have... TVs in their bedroom, there's less sex happening. But there's always outliers. There's always exceptions. There's always the other side of that curve. Yeah, well, I guess we're an outliner, outlier, but maybe it's because for the first 24 years of our marriage, we didn't have one. Yeah, and, maybe. And so if, if you can be disciplined with it, and it's not going to be a temptation to just go in, turn it on, leave it on until you fall asleep, then more power to you. Right. If it draws you closer. Yeah. Right, and that's the whole point. I mean, if you if you listen to Sexy Marriage Radio for any length of time, I hope you get the whole idea that we're we talk about generalities a whole lot, but what works for the people involved is what really matters. Yeah. So if things are working, then go for it. Keep it going. I mean, yeah. if if walking into a room with piles and piles of laundry and bills to be paid turns you on, then keep it that way. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear from the person who says that's an <laughs> well, I mean, for them. But that's that's the whole thing. I mean, I I have a running joke with my wife that Excel spreadsheets turn her on just because that's the way she's <laughs> wired, and you know I don't think they actually do turn her on, but it's kind of a fun joke, and we and it kind of turns us on, and we talk about that and just kind of laugh about that. I'm married to an accountant. Yep. I get it. I, I feel like he could make love to those Excel spreadsheets the way that he manipulates them, and yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. Awesome. All right. So you wanted to talk about the decor. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking the whole the whole general idea is just make it something for both of you that the master bedroom is not a feminine oasis only. Uh, that it's Good oftentimes point. yeah, oftentimes the guys aren't going to care as much of what's in there, and, and typically it is on the wife to to add her touch. Yeah, because at that... the same time, it doesn't need to be a bachelor pad, right? Know? So it's 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 fine things that incorporate both of you, right? And I can totally envision that there are probably a lot of people listening who do have pink, rosy, lacy bedspreads and uh, you know wallpaper borders at the top of the wall, and you know it, it that it, they're kind of stuck in right. that '80s uh, mauve and blue pattern type of thing, right? It, I definitely think that getting into the 21st century is a good idea. Um, That when, when your bedroom feels like a museum of the past of, of of past decor, I I think that it makes you feel old. (laughs) Yeah. Or stuck. Yeah. I think that it just makes you feel dated. Um, And what I like to do is as I travel, I like to pay attention when I walk into a hotel room of, how certain things make me feel in the room. Yeah. And, and what I did notice over time is that, yeah, my bedroom at home, I admit it, it was a little too, fr- it was peach and green. Uh, that was back in the nineties. But I noticed that whenever I would travel and stay in a more masculine feeling room, it kind of felt sexy to me. It okay. just, I could just envision, you know, cigar smoke and a glass of wine and not that I'm into cigars or wine, but it just, it right. evoked kind of a feeling of being in a, in a, in a pickup bar almost of, of where there's just kind of some tension there. And, yeah. and I kind of wondered, is there something to more masculine furniture that is appealing to me? And so, yeah, I traded in the brass headboard for, I actually made one. I, I um, made one. It's basically just put together out of plywood, but it's covered in upholstery fabric, but the lines are very clean mm-hmm. and sharp and you would expect to see it in a hotel room, mm-hmm. but I love it. I totally love it. Somebody walked into my bedroom and said, I envisioned that the sex lady would have like <laughs> slats on her bedroom to where she could like be handcuffed to. I was like, no, I'm not into that. But I said a padded <laughs> headboard though, a padded headboard. Think about it. Yep. That's just smart. Yep. That's just smart for wild lovemaking. Yep. So nobody gets hurt. Yep. You know? <laughs> nobody gets their head banged. But yeah, I, I think that a masculine edge in a master bedroom is kind of sexy. Yeah, and it's just the idea of keeping it. I mean, I guess the, the main idea is what's neutral enough that incorporates both of you. So you can still have aspects of both personalities, of of both people, and and kind of let that, what's the two words that you want to feel and experience when you walk into that room. So if you, if you design it that way, then you already are setting the stage. Things are already tipping into your favor. Yeah. And when I say masculine, I just want to clarify, I don't mean deer heads on the wall with camouflage bedspreads. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But this is, this is the same thing I said when we were talking about this pre-show is what if she is the one that shot it? If her bedroom is where she wants to display that thing, yep. more power to okay. her. But but I, I guess the one thing is if you had multiple deer heads or animal heads on your wall, the room would evoke a feeling of horniness with all those antlers everywhere, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to have a big stuffed bear standing in the corner. and you know, All right. So it looks like a lodge. You walked into Cabela's. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the whole goal uh, is... 
how do you set the stage for your environment to work in your favor? And I think if you start there in the sense of, okay, what's getting in the way? What are the things that, that will are triggers for me? If I walk into a room and I see a bunch of a stack of papers and then I'm immediately, oh, I still got to sort through all that. Well, there's a trigger. There's something that's getting in the way. So it's how can you set the stage so that everything works in your favor when it comes to your sex life? Yes. I mean, it's a simple thing to, th- to talk about, but it's harder to actually do. But you realize how small that is that it actually could make big changes. Yeah, and in the color of the bedroom too. Notice what kind of feeling that evokes. There's definitely a psychology to color. Yep. And there's actually a couple of colors that I highly recommend for a bedroom. Uh, one is gray. Uh, we didn't pick that out for the bedroom that we moved into recently. It was the color in my son's room, but it's actually totally worked for us. Yep. It just creates this feeling of serenity and calmness. And green is another color that creates that feeling. Uh, there's a reason why when you walk into a television studio, they will have a green room yep. where they keep the guests. And it's literally because the room is always painted green because it's a calming color and people are always nervous right yep. before they go on TV. Yep. So I'm not talking about Kelly green. No. I'm not talking about lime green. I'm talking about a really muted, murky, almost kind of a brownish green right. or pale green. But yeah, pay attention to the psychology of the color on your wall, what's on your wall, the furniture, the furnishings, even the light fixture. Because let's be real, us ladies, we we get a pretty good view of that light fixture often. You know, we're staring at the ceiling more often that than not to, when we're making lights. That needs to change. <laughs> well, that's that's true. But hey, speaking <laughs> of lights, two thoughts that I wanted to end on yeah. that, uh, that I thought of when you were talking about the Christmas decorations. Yeah. If twinkly lights evoke a feeling of oh. a, of a warm spirit, yep. why couldn't you put twinkly lights in your bedroom? Decorate. Yep. And in honor of Christmas, you actually could have an advent calendar in your bedroom of working up to the day. That, no, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just know that in our house at Christmas time, the advent calendar is a big deal. And I thought, yeah. I wonder if that would work for the bedroom. Well, the oh, other, two more days. The two other more thing, days yeah, the other thing day. to be sure to add for lighting is candles. Just because everybody looks sexy in candlelight. That and the fragrance of a candle. Pay attention to all your senses. Sight, sound, smells, feel. Really nice sheets. Another shout out to Sheeks. S-H-E-E-X. Go and look them up on the website. Best money you'll ever spend on sheets. Pam and I picked up a pair the other day. They're awesome. Don't you love them? I love them. They're the greatest thing. Sleeping in liquid silk. It's the greatest thing. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thank you for joining us, and we want to hear what works for you and what doesn't. So let us know. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. See you next time.